Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Welcome. And it's good for me to be back with you. As you can see, I've had some surgery on my face. All is good. All is going well. And I'm excited to be here today. And so open your heart because recently I was asked, Mark, what is the miracle offering all about? And I believe the miracle offering is all about stepping out in faith. It's a faith step. We have on our wall here, moving forward. And I want you to move forward in every single area of your life, including your ability to reach out and trust God in faith. So if you're ready for today's word, say after me, my heart's open, my mind's ready, and I won't be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have heard the phrase, the proof is in the pudding? That means that if it's real, there will be some evidence of it. Or how about the statement, put up or shut up? Again, meaning there needs to be some evidence. No matter how much of a good game you say you have, at the end of the day, if you talk it, you had better be able to walk it. If you're saying it, there should be some evidence that what you are saying is true and you are able to back it up. So we are going to be looking in the book of James, James chapter 2, starting from verse 14. And he says there, if you say you have faith, but there's no evidence of your faith, can that faith save you? His actual words are in James 2.14, my friend, what good is it to say you have faith when you don't do anything to show you really do have faith? Can this kind of faith save you? Can that faith save you? Can that faith do anything? Is there any proof in the pudding? You can talk it, but are you walking it? Is it a bumper sticker or is it real in your life? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Examine yourselves wherever you're sitting watching me. Say the word examine, examine, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. In other words, it's good to step back. You know, this isn't condemnation. This isn't to put a heaviness on you today. No, no, no. But it's saying it's good to step back and say, let me evaluate this thing. And experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. You know, if experience was the best teacher, then every single old person would be extremely wise. And we know that's not always the case. Not so. You have to evaluate your experience. So Paul says, examine yourselves to see whether or not you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? So Paul and James are getting us to the same place where there should be some examination. You should at times take the time out and go, is there proof in the pudding? Is this just talk or is this actually my walk? Is it genuine in my day to day or is it just something that takes place on Sunday, takes place while I'm watching online? Or is it a Monday through to Saturday experience as well? There should be a moment where you stop and go, okay, let me really examine this thing. That is a good thing to do. I really believe that. So if you're with me, wherever you're sitting, say, Amen, Mark, go for it. Okay, I will. Now, James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he's the writer of this book. 
Remember, Joseph wasn't Jesus' dad. And it was written about 12 years after the resurrection. And the church was under great persecution. Leaders were being murdered and imprisoned. So there was much fear going around. Plus, there was a famine in the land. And all of that was causing them to be under a lot of daily pressure. So James is teaching on how to persevere in the middle of pressure. And he gives some awesome practical tools for Christian living. Some scholars call this book the Proverbs or the Wisdom Book of the New Testament. And he says, what I want you to do is to take some time out and examine your faith. You need to ask, is this real or is this not? And I believe that is a good lesson for us. Is this a genuine faith that I have? Because if it's not genuine, then whether I have or whatever I have or wherever I am, nothing can really do anything for me. So in chapter 2, he compares some counterfeit faiths with genuine faith. And he says a few things about counterfeit faith. I'll give you two. And then he says some things about genuine faith. And I'll give you three of those. Number one, you with me? Take some notes if you can. It's this. James tells us that counterfeit faith is dead. Counterfeit faith is dead. Listen to what he says in James 2.17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by, everybody watching me say accompanied. Accompanied by what? If it's not accompanied by action, is dead. If it is not accompanied by action, it is dead. Listen to me. Have you got that? Faith that is not accompanied by action is dead. In other words, it can't be lip service. It has to be lifestyle. There can't just be leaves on the tree. There has to be fruit on the tree. If there's no real change, if there's no real growth, if there's no real becoming more and more like Jesus, he's saying, it's not just, I'm raising my hands, you know, in the service. It's not just ticking a box online and coming on for an hour. No, no. Or just showing up to a service randomly. That if somebody says, hey, are you a Christian? Then I say, yes. But it's just a name. Yes, I can take the title of Christian. But James says, it's more than that. It's got to be accompanied by something. There's got to be some evidence of that. You can't just talk the game. You can't just go around saying, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You've got to walk the game. If there's no action accompanying it, then it is dead. How many of you know that dead things are worthless? When there is death, there is no life. You know, it can't do anything for you. It can't transform you. It doesn't give you power. It doesn't answer your prayers. You know, it doesn't give you victory over addictions. It doesn't give you breakthrough in the areas of your life where you need breakthrough because counterfeit faith is a dead faith. Honestly, it's actually no faith at all. Living faith has to be accompanied, it says, by something. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying that you work your way into heaven. I'm not saying it. Don't say what I'm not saying. You need to stay with me. But if it's real, there will be proof. It will be accompanied by something. There will be some evidence of it. And I won't have to wonder. No, I'll see it in your life and in your actions. And if I can't, then it's dead. It's a counterfeit faith. Number two, he shows us that a counterfeit faith is a deceived faith. Counterfeit faith is a deceived faith. 
It's deceived. He carries on in chapter 2 in James 2.19 and says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. Knowledge with no change will get you nothing. James is saying, so you've got some verses memorized. So does the devil. So you know some lyrics to a song. Awesome. So does the devil. Knowledge with no change is a deceived faith. Just because you have some knowledge of things, you know, but there's been no inward transformation. There's been no difference. Just because you know some Bible, but you're still rude to the barista. You raise your hands in worship, but you spread gossip. Just because you can quote some verses, but you walk with, you know, this constant bitterness towards somebody. It's a deceived faith. Even the demons can do that. They know it and they shudder. Even the demons have some respect for it. I'm not impressed if you know some verses or if you know some lyrics. I'm not impressed if you read some books or if there's a Bible lying on your coffee table at home. No. Even if you have the app on your Bible, oh, the Bible app. I'm not impressed by that because it can be a deceived faith. James says that even the demons can do that. So counterfeit faith is a dead faith. It's got to be accompanied by something. And to be honest, this is what scares me about so many people. They come to church, they come online, but there's never been a change on the inside. And the enemy will get you to believe that you're just showing up, you're just switching on. Oh, no, that's enough. You know, well, I tried, Pastor Mark, to be a good person. It's a dead faith. It's a deceived faith. James 2, 17 to 18 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. We've just read that. But someone will say, you have faith, but I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith. By what I do, by my deeds. James isn't saying that, he, you know, he's trying to earn something from God. But he's saying, because I have faith, there is evidence of it. I don't just talk it. I actually walk it. There is some proof in the pudding. And then he gives us three ways to know that we have genuine faith. Come on, aren't you glad you stayed with me? Haven't we stopped yet? Three ways to know you have genuine faith. And he uses three different examples, two from the Old Testament and one from us working out. Working out. Mark, I don't go to gym. Does that mean I can't have genuine faith? No, 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 not at all. Just stay with me. Number one, how do I know I have genuine faith? Genuine faith steps out. Genuine faith steps out. Listen to this. This is the first example that he gives us in James 2.21. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? To get the context, remember that God spoke to Abraham and said, your firstborn son, I want you to sacrifice him. He wasn't actually asking him to sacrifice his child. He was testing his faith. Was Abraham willing to give that thing that was most valuable to him? Was he prepared to give it over to God? And was he willing to obey the voice of God and step out in obedience? And so James is saying a genuine faith is a faith that steps out. In other words, a genuine faith is a faith that responds in obedience when God speaks. So how do I know I have genuine faith? 
whenever God speaks, I respond. When God says go, I go. When God says obey, I obey. When God says forgive, I forgive. A genuine faith goes, God, it's not my will be done, but yours be done. It's not what does my feelings want, you know? What do my emotions want? No, it's not my way. It's your way, Lord. A genuine faith is a faith that says, God, I may not even understand what you're asking me to do. I may not even like what you're asking me to do. I might not even want to do it, but because I have a genuine faith and I'm surrendered and I'm submitted in my life to you, I'm going to take the step towards what you want me to do. So I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be in Christian community and, and uh, connect with people. I'm going to worship. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to respond in faith. I'm going to follow your word above what culture wants me to do, above what anybody else's opinion wants me to do. I'm going to step out in faith. Why? Because a genuine faith steps out. You can say it this way. A genuine faith obeys. A genuine faith says, God, your way is right, not my way. A genuine faith steps out in obedience. And our flesh doesn't like that. Come on, be honest. Because our flesh wants what we want, when we want it, how we want it. But James says, no. Genuine faith says to God, I submit my life to you. God, I give it all, all of it over to you. Wow. How do I know I have a genuine faith? Because I step out. I'm taking steps every single day. That's why we say here at our church, if you ever come to our building, you'll see emblazoned on the wall a big sign that says, what's your next step? It's written here because we want you to take that step that God has planned and purposed for you to take. We want you to take the right step that's right for you. Why? Because if there's a genuine faith, there will be some stepping, stepping towards serving, stepping towards giving, stepping towards the miracle, stepping towards believing. Ephesians 2.10 in the New International Version says, For you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So if you're not taking the step of doing good works, then you've got to stop and ask, is it a genuine faith? He's saying step back and take inventory. Is it lip service or is it lifestyle? Am I talking it or am I really, really walking it? Because a genuine faith is always taking steps. You know, I've never arrived. I'm continually stepping forward day by day, moment by moment. I'm not where I want to be, not by a long shot but I'm not where I used to be because a genuine faith is a faith that is stepping towards everything that God has for me. Still with me? Number two, a genuine faith not only steps out, but stands out. A genuine faith stands out. Look at the next illustration that he uses, James 2.25. He says, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. The Israelites 
were about to enter the promised land and they sent a couple of spies in. Remember the first time they sent 12 in and 10 of them got it wrong and only two got it right. That was Joshua and Caleb. Now that they're back in exactly the same place, years and years later, I think they thought, let's not send 12 in this time. And so they sent just two in with faith. The last time the tent spread doubt throughout the camp and they never ever reached their destination. That's why you've got to be careful who you hang with. Are you listening to me? Because 10 people caused millions of people to miss their God-given promise. That's the word of God for somebody watching me. Be careful who speak it into your life. And so the two spies went in and Rahab, who was a prostitute, hid them when the enemy discovered that they were in the city of Jericho. She was in the land that they were about to plunder, so she had no real motivation. But she decided to hide them and tell those who were searching for them that they went this way when they actually had gone that way. And she protected them and let them escape. And she said, will you remember me when God gives you the city? In fact, if you look at the story, she said, I've heard about your God. What she was saying was, I've heard about his acts and his power, and I believe that God you serve will give this city into your hands. And so when she could have joined the rest of her city in searching for them and outing them, she stood out in the middle of it all. She wasn't perfect. She was a prostitute. She wasn't some church-going girl. She didn't have a big leather-bound Bible under her arm. She wasn't walking into church singing, this is the day, this is the day. No, she wasn't perfect. She wasn't the candidate that you would pick to do that. But she decided in that moment, I've heard about the works of your God, and I believe he's going to give this city to you. And so I'm going to do a righteous act of genuine faith and I'm willing to stand out from everybody else that is around me. And a genuine faith will stand out in a culture that wants you to blend in. You know, really, this is where the rubber will meet the road. You know, whether it's just talk or walk, whether there really is proof in the pudding, you'll be put into positions in your life. And if you have a genuine faith, you will be put there where you are going to have to stand out on some things. Where you will have to go, but as for me and my house, you know, everybody else may be moving in one direction, but as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to elevate God. You know, the devil always wants to elevate man and lower God. But we have to say, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to elevate God. I'm going to elevate what God has said. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Not only am I taking steps, but I'm willing to stand out as well. Because a genuine faith will stand out from the crowd. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Therefore, come out from them and be separate. Literally, that word means be Different, says the Lord. There should be a difference in the way you treat people, the way you speak to people. There should be a difference in the way that you interact. There should be a difference in the joy that you have. There should be a difference in the things that you will say yes to and the things that you will say no to. There should be a difference in the places that you go and the places that you won't go. And this may seem a little old school, but you need a little more holiness in your life, in this world that we are living in. 
there needs to be a little bit of standing out going on. You know, God, I, I'm not just going to blend in. I won't just blend into the pressure of the culture. If God is for me, the world can be against me. If God is on my side, I will be all right. A counterfeit faith will never have the courage to do that. A deceived faith won't have the courage to do that. To be a Rahab and to say, I may not have it all together. I may not have it all figured out. My life may be a bit of a mess. I may not be the candidate that anybody would choose. I may not be the next staff hire that the church will make. But I'm willing to stand up. I've seen God and I know that he will work for me. It's a genuine faith. A genuine faith steps out. A genuine faith will stand out. And number three, still with me? A genuine faith, the last one. A genuine faith works out. It works out. No, not at Virgin Active or Planet Fitness. Listen to what he says in James 2, 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. That's Bible. In other words, you have to work this faith out. Yes, you are saved by faith alone. Hear me clearly. You are saved by faith alone. You are not saved by your works. You are not saved by how much you serve. You are not saved by how you read your Bible or don't read your Bible. Your eternal destiny is not set on any of those things. Not of the sort. No. Are you with me? It's not set by how nice you are or how generous you are. It's by faith alone. It's the free grace gift of God to us. And that's it. Nothing more. Nothing less. But what James is saying is that just as your body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. He's literally saying, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about progress. I'm talking about moving forward. He's talking about there should be something in your life where you're working it out. A genuine faith is being worked out, which means what? Some days I'm winning and some days I'm learning. It's not some days I'm winning and some days I'm losing because my God works all things together for the good of those who love him. So what may look like failure was a lesson. And if it's a lesson, it was to my benefit. So some days I'm winning and some days I'm learning, but I'm working it out. Some days I'll respond in the way that I should and some days I'll learn how to get it better next time. Some days I love the way I should love. And some days I'm learning how I should love better the next time. Some days I trust God the way I should. And to be honest, some days fear creeps in. And I'll learn how to trust God better the next time. But I'm working it out. I'm working it out day by day. I'm getting stronger day by day. I'm not in a, in, in a sprint. I'm not rushing forward. I'm in a marathon. I'm not living for the here and now finish line that's there. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm living for an eternal reward. Our life isn't about the here and now. One day I'm going to stand before him face to face. And for many of us, we are so tied to this earth. We're so worried about this and that about the earth. And I'm not saying any of that is bad. But what I'm saying is, why are you so tied to this? This isn't our home. This is not our eternal destination. 
We are just passing through. I'm just working out my faith day by day. And each day I'm getting closer and closer to him and falling more and more in love with him. I'm getting to know him. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm getting better day by day by day. I'm working out this faith because a genuine faith doesn't just step out. It doesn't just stand out. A genuine faith works out. So I'll close with how Paul says it in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. And I'm reading from the Message Bible. And this is amazing. Listen to me now. What I'm getting at, friend, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived, this is awesome, look at it, in responsive obedience. Responsive obedience. Now that I'm separate from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation. Reverent and sensitive before God. If we could sum it all up. Genuine faith is a responsive obedience. A responsive, obedient faith. I'm being obedient. I'm stepping out. I'm standing out. I'm working out. How do I know I have a genuine faith? By steps of obedience. I'm willing to stand up and follow God no matter what is happening around me. A genuine faith is working it out. Not perfection, but progress. Moving forward, moving forward, taking steps. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Praise God and thank God. So faith must have evidence. Is it all talk or is it your walk? What was my heart attitude towards giving or the miracle offering? Am I prepared to stand up? Am I prepared to step out in faith? Remember this. He is forever faithful. Let's walk in all He's planned and purposed for us. Let's pray. Come on, wherever you're sitting, let's just pray right now. Maybe today you say, Mark, you, you know, you really got me thinking today. Do I have a genuine faith? And only you and God know that. Only you know if you have a faith that is stepping out or a standing out faith that is working out day by day, moment by moment. And if you say, no, I'm not really sure where I'm at. I don't have the, the confidence today that I know that I have a genuine faith, that I have a saving faith in a living God. Then I want you to know that today can be your day. After today, you won't have to worry, wonder, or guess, you can have the confidence of it. And how can you have that? Romans 10, 9 tells us, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will, you will be saved. Saved from what? Eternal separation from God. It's our sin that separates us. And we can have our sins forgiven when we confess Him as Lord. That means if He's in control and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. And so today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. It's not by your works. It's not by your best efforts. It's simply by faith. So if you say today, Mark, I want to know that I have a genuine faith, then I want to invite you to join me in this very simple prayer. There's nothing magical in the prayer, but if you mean it from your heart, then on the authority of God's word, today you will be saved. Your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. 
It's the greatest decision that you will ever, ever make. So if that is you, just pray this simple prayer after me right now. Jesus, just repeat after me. I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today, I'm making you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name, everybody listening to me said, Amen, Amen. Come on, let's be a people that celebrate all those who have made a decision online today to accept Christ. Now, join me again next week. And until we meet again, let's be a people that share hope, show kindness, and shine Jesus.